Mysterious-ish. Contains graphic and explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. That's the intro. Hello. Pause. He wants to speak to us. (laughs) I felt like, I don't know why, but I felt like that Zack and Cody episode. Oh my god! (laughs) The the Halloween one. That was fucking terrifying. I don't know why I just thought of that, but it did. (laughs) This is not going to be close enough to my mouth. Whoa. All right, tell me a story. Just kidding. We have to intro. Hold on. Hi. Welcome, welcome. back to Mysterious-ish. This is season three, True Crime. <gasps> I'm fucking pumped. You have been pretty pumped. I am so excited for this <laughs> season. Listen, I should have done like a bunch of research beforehand though, because like while I know a lot of stories, I also feel like I can't just like recite them from memory because then a lot of details are going to be wrong so i do still have to do research Mm -hmm. but i should have done it beforehand because september is going to be a real busy month so i fucked up (laughs) it's fine me too you know we had this discussion Mm -hmm. and i was like oh yeah yeah, yeah. i'm gonna it didn't happen no it didn't happen it didn't and we rearranged the freaking pod lab and so we get to actually like watch each other tell stories instead of just like sitting beside each other and talking into a microphone. Yes. It's gonna be so much fun. I'm super excited. It, and we got some mood lighting going on. It's definitely like a coffee house vibe. Yeah. Like I'm into with it. the like the lighting. We I could love it. Uh, I could record some smooth jazz on my piano <gasps> and then have it play underneath us while we tell spooky stories. <laughs> Caitlin, yes. I think we could get super copywritten for that, but fuck it, it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> also, I can't play jazz, so <laughs> it's a great time to learn. <laughs> jazz is hard. <laughs> Although, if I go over there and just do some shit on the piano and make some wrong notes, then that's jazz. There you go. It can be jazz. It could be your jazz. Own jazz. Can be whatever you want it to be. Okay, shall we? We shall. We shall. Erica, what yeah. freaking story are you going to tell me today? Oh, me? Well. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was a good one. <laughs> Listeners that have no fucking idea what's going on, Erica just <laughs> said, tell me a story. And she said, okay. And then flipped her phone through the air and caught it. <laughs> Made me giggle. Ooh. That was a good one. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. <laughs> We're going to talk about Mr. Cruel. Oh, I don't like the sound of that. I've never heard this one. Well, tis a doozy. Oh, boy. Trigger warning right off the front. All right. Oh, here we um, go. For sexual assault. Uh, so, Mr. Cruel was known as a, uh Australian serial child rapist during the late 80s and early 90s. Yikes. He attacked three girls in northern eastern suburbs, Melbourne, Victoria. He was also the prime suspect in the 1991 abduction and murder of the fourth girl, uh, Carmen Chan. Mr. Cruel has never been identified, and the three confirmed attacks and the other suspect remained unsolved. There is a $200,000 reward for the two abductions. 
April of 2016, 25 years after Carmen's death, the Victoria police increased the reward from 100000 to a million, and the police described Mr. Cruel as highly intelligent, saying he meticulously planned each attack, conducted surveillance on the victims and their families, ensured he left no forensic traces, protected his identity by covering his face at all times, and left red hearings to divert family and or police attention. So wait, so this reward is still... Mm-hmm. And oh my god, so they're not fucking around with this guy. Uh-uh. So he abducted two, abducted two girls and then killed one. He, he abducted three girls. Right. He abducted yeah, the two, two and yeah. then killed an, an additional one. Yes, a suspect. Uh, like, oh. don't know for sure. Gotcha. But he for sure abducted the two girls and potentially killed the third. Yes. Gotcha. He was very soft-spoken and his behavior was unhurried as he took a break during an attack in a victim's house to eat a meal. That is the... Oh my fucking God. I have in a couple of my stories that I'm going to tell you there are times when the offender does that but I don't know that just feels like the biggest like violation like you're really going to go through my fridge and eat my leftovers mm-hmm. you're going to eat my food that I paid for that I carried in that I put in my fridge sir sir <laughs> I'm pretty sure he also threatened to injure his uh like victims family members with a knife or a handgun like if they were in there so like usually Mm -hmm. he went in there with like a plan with a certain right that's pretty typical i feel like Mm -hmm. they either like i'm so sorry god damn caitlin fuck caitlin (gasps) fuck kelsey is sending me eye rolls and angry faces oh god kelsey are you okay honey she's probably not (laughs) me either it's fine (laughs) i mean Whatever. This Are place we... will do that to you. Yeah. By this place, I mean Earth. this planet. <laughs> <laughs> On August 22nd, 1987, in Lower Plenty, Mr. Cruel was wearing a baklava. Mm-hmm. His mask. He didn't have a hole in his, like, face. It was, like, covered up. And it looked like there was, like, stitches to make, like, just, like, eyes. That's terrifying. But, like, you couldn't see his eyes, but, like, it was just, it's like a black mask and, like, white outline, just like a stitch, it looks like. Yeah, hold on, let me see if I can. So he's wearing, like, like the baklava, but he has something covering his face that's not part of the baklava. I just realized it's not baklava. What is it? balaclava. Balaclava? What the (laughs) fuck? Baklava is the the dessert. I'm an some, idiot. We just had some in the at the Renaissance Festival. Oh it's my the, god, they yeah. have some at the Renaissance. They do. They do. Oh Listen. So you know how in at the end of um the 2012 Avengers how Tony Stark says something about shawarma? Don't eat it. It's disgusting. Listen, I was starving. Mm. First of all, rewind. I got real drunk <laughs> Saturday at the Ren Fest. Dylan was like, oh, I'm going to get some mead. And I said, oh, get me some mead. And he goes, okay, brings me back a 16 ounce cup filled to the brim with mead. I fucking chugged that motherfucker. I was down. So I was pretty drunk because the only thing I'd had that to eat that morning was like a bagel. Oh, God. <laughs> so I was, it was literally like probably not even noon and I was already drunk. And, um... So we're walking around and I'm like, Dylan, I don't want to be drunk right now. It's raining. I have to carry this umbrella. I'm trying to walk in these boots. I was like, I don't want to be drunk. 
feed me. <laughs> feed me. And so he goes, here, get some, get a, a beef and lamb kebab. And I said, absolutely not. And he goes, okay, what about hummus? And I said, absolutely not. I do not like hummus. It is disgusting. He mm. goes, then get some shawarma. And I said, I won't like it. And he goes, just try it. Never had it. I said, I won't like it. So I got, I got some chicken shawarma and mm. I didn't fucking like it. So what is it? It's like, I don't, okay. So the only one that they had there was chicken, but I was, I'm assuming it comes in like beef and pork probably too. But, um, it's like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just got like a weird spice to it. I think the spice is made out of the garbanzo beans. So like what the hummus is made out of. Um, I think that's why I didn't like it because I'm a big texture person. I can't do like the gritty texture. Mm -hmm. And so the chicken was like, had that gritty like coating and it was just disgusting. I did not like the seasoning. It wasn't like spicy. It was just, it's very Mediterranean and I'm not into that. Like that's not my kind of food. So I didn't like it, but I was drunk. And so I ate like 95% of it. Right. (laughs) I was like, I took like two bites of it and I was like, Dylan, I don't like this. And he goes, well, and I said, I'm going to eat it because I'm hungry and I'm drunk, (laughs) but I don't like this. And I told you I wouldn't like it. (laughs) So anyways, I don't like shawarma. I'm sorry for those who do like shawarma. I'm sure that other people think that it's really good. I personally do not think that it was good. (laughs) Thanks for coming to my TED Talks. (laughs) I'm sorry. Mr. Cruel. Mr. Cruel was wearing a balaclava, and he broke into a family's home around 4 a.m. He was armed with a knife and a gun. He tied the parents up by their hands and feet and locked them in a wardrobe. He tied the son to the bed and cut out the phone lines and raped the 11-year-old girl. December 27, 1988, in Ringwood, he broke into another family's home. He went through the back door around 5.20 a.m., armed with a handgun, and was also wearing a balaclava. He once again tied up the parents and gagged them. He also demanded money from them. He grabbed the 10-year-old daughter, taped her eyes, put a ball gag in her mouth, and took her. She was released 18 hours later at Bayswater High School. So he just abducted her that time? Mm-hmm. <sighs> That's rough. He really has a, a, a profile. Like, he really has a victim profile, like Ted Bundy style. Mm-hmm. He wants this kind of, this age, this gender this you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. july 3rd 1990 in canterbury he broke into once again another family's home around 11 30 p.m armed with a knife and a gun wearing a balaclava he tied and gagged a 13 year old girl taped her eyes cut the phone lines and searched for money he took the girl and drove her to another home and molested her for 50 hours before releasing her at a power substation in the suburb of Kew. Okay, so now we're starting to get an MO, his little modus operandi. You're going to get a lot of terms this season. (laughs) The MO is like the certain way that a criminal commits his or her crime. So like for Ted Bundy, his MO was to fake injury and pretend that he needed help from, you know, another young woman, and he would get them to come back with him. So he would get them in his car and then take take her somewhere else and rape, kill, and then rape her again. So that was his MO, the way that he did things. And MOs make it that much easier to track a killer. So that's why people like um, Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, and Israel Keys, who have no MO, 
they don't have an mo they don't have a victim profile that's what makes them so much harder to track mm-hmm. because they don't have an mo <laughs> mm-hmm. so but he's he seems to be sticking pretty heavily to his mo here yeah April 13th, 1991, in Temple's Toe, a man wearing a balaclava broke into a family home around 8.40 p.m. armed with a knife. He abducted 13-year-old Carmen Chan, who went to the same school as the victim from Canterbury. Carmen's body was found a year later with three gunshot wounds to her head. It has been reported that a few detectives have doubt that this crime was committed by Mr. Cruel. Detective Chris O'Connor said, We just don't know if it was Mr. Cruel who murdered Carmen. We just can't be sure because there isn't enough evidence to make a value judgment about whether it was or wasn't him. Uh, Okay, but I mean, okay. It fits his MO because, you know, the balaclava, Mm -hmm. um, he felt like... Did he tie up their parent, her parents too? I didn't say. Well, I don't know. A lot of it fits the M.O., like taking her out of her house and dumping her body somewhere else. But the only thing is the other three girls were found. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and they weren't dead. So I guess um, copycat murderers, they do exist. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've all seen the Scream movies. <laughs> I don't know. I guess the detectives, detectives are pretty good at um, debunking copycats i guess because there are certain little things that they won't release to the press and then they'll use those little things that they have kept hidden from the public to debunk copycat murderers and also to catch the the real guy because it's details that only he would know because they haven't been released to the general public you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so i guess if they say they don't think it's him then it's probably not him but it the mo fits it fits. Right. Do you know how he got his nickname, Mr. Cruel? Um, I think I read that just his crimes were just so cruel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Cruel is believed to have videotaped or have taken photos of his attacks. Oh, no. Uh, detectives believe that if he is still alive, he will have kept the tapes and or photos and say he most certainly still collects pornography, especially now uh, known through the internet, and may communicate with children using chat. He meticulously planned his crimes, an example being in one case he abducted a girl and told her he would release her in 50 hours, which he did. He bathed his victims carefully. One victim even described the act like a mother washing her baby. Ew. Yeah. Ew. That is disgusting. In two of the cases, he took a second set of clothes from the girl's home to dress them before they were freed. Oh my- oh my- Why does that feel so invasive? I mean, he's already bathing them. Like, oh my, okay. Yeah, that's all. Sorry. (laughs) Oh my lord. That was rough. Mm -hmm. And it's unsolved. Yeah. Yikes. And he is probably still around. Unless he was like 60 or 70, he might be dead. But like, if he was even 50, he's probably still around. Right. Because it was only in the... What, late nine, late 80s, early 90s? Is that what you said? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yikes! Yeah, Australia's got some pretty fucked up cases. There's a lot of really fucked up ones. This one was, like, all over my TikTok, and so that's how I figured, found it. Mm-hmm. And, obviously, I liked the challenge of trying to find something that you've never heard of, so. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that one. I think I've heard the name Mr. Cruel, but I've never heard the story. That's 
tough, especially since he just, like, takes such young girls and also, you know, fucks with their families. Mm-hmm. My God. Well, what did you think of your first true crime case? <laughs> I hope um, I did it justice. So, you know, like. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you got anything else to say? No. I don't either. And we have another episode to record. <laughs> All right. Goodbye forever. <laughs> that one's going to take. A long time because I'm extra and also this case makes me angry. <laughs> so that's something to look forward to next week, listeners, but we're going to record this next one. It's uh, another um, pretty well-known one, one that's been in the news recently, actually. So I'm excited to tell you the story and I'm excited to have you just as pissed off as I am. <laughs> cool. So, alrighty, we'll catch you guys next week for you but in about three seconds for us <laughs> bye bye forever thank you for listening to mysterious ish all episodes are available on spotify apple podcasts google podcasts or your favorite podcast directory follow us on social media at mysterious ish pod if you have topic suggestions questions or stories to share you can email us at mysteriousishpod at gmail.com or visit our website at mysteriousishpod.com. Make sure to come back next week for another discussion about the mysteries of the universe.